welcome to the very first episode of Hot Mess Espresso. I'm Heather, I'm your host and your resident, possibly even favorite hot mess. So for a little bit of context, I actually had a blog for probably a couple of years talking about borderline personality disorder and just living with mental health issues in general. My best friend has been completely up my ass to do this podcast and we're just finally doing it. So here we go. Let's just jump right into it. So I know that the term borderline personality disorder is getting a lot of traction lately, especially on social media platforms like TikTok. And it's making everybody kind of ask, what is borderline personality disorder? How is it defined? Blah, blah, blah. I can indeed tell you that it's not multiple personalities, and yes, I've literally been asked that before. It's actually defined as a, quote, mental disorder characterized by unstable moods, behaviors, and relationships. And if that sounds like literally pretty much everybody you know, hold on. And also as a side note, don't diagnose yourself. You can have a very strong gut instinct like I did. But I'm just begging you all to please be diagnosed through a therapist, a psychologist, or psychiatrist. They will not only diagnose you properly, but they'll also help you access resources along with therapy, coping skills. It's a little more customized for you. So there's nine characteristics of borderline, and to be diagnosed, you need to possess around seven of them. Now, I wasn't diagnosed immediately. I was kind of in and out of therapy for about a year before I landed with uh, the therapist that diagnosed me initially. And over time and sessions, we kind of narrowed things down to one final diagnosis because originally I was diagnosed with PTSD and cluster B personality disorder. And what cluster B is, is it's more when you don't fit in one disorder in a category of cluster B disorders. Um, Again, over time, therapists can narrow it down to one or the other, but honestly, kind of being a little bit of everything is way more common than people realize. But the nine characteristics of borderline are frantic efforts to avoid real or imagined abandonment, a pattern of intense and unstable interpersonal relationships characterized by alternating between extremes of idealization and devaluation, there's identity disturbance, There is impulsivity in at least two areas that are self-damaging. There's recurrent suicidal behavior, gestures or threats, or self-mutilating behavior. There's affective instability due to a marked reactivity of mood. And then there's also chronic feelings of emptiness and inappropriate intense anger or difficulty controlling emotion. And then transient stress-related paranoid ideation or severe dissociative symptoms. So... What the hell does any of that mean? And obviously, I'm not a professional in this field. This is all just my perspective, how things related to me, how they didn't relate to me. And when you're Googling or you're reading a book on this or just looking up online articles and things like that, things are going to be a little bit different. So take my words for what they are, which is my perspective. But when you're looking at it, things might be a little bit different. So the first characteristic, frantic efforts to avoid real or imagined abandonment, that has kind of been a thing that I've struggled with. People come and go. I will 
self-sabotage, to push people away, to almost be a self-fulfilling prophecy that they're going to leave anyways, so I might as well do things to ensure that they leave on my terms, which obviously isn't the healthiest thing in the world. I've done a lot of work on myself and in therapy to fix that and to kind of look at things and understand that I've got some friends that I've had for literal years. Like my family hasn't abandoned me. My friends haven't abandoned me. It's it's still a work in progress. I still get a lot of rejection, sensitivity, and things like that. And I think a lot of that has to do with my ADHD as well. So it's something that I struggled with and still struggle with, but it was huge, especially when I first got diagnosed. A lot of these things I'm going to speak about are on past experiences that helped with my diagnosis, and then we'll kind of go from there in future episodes. So then they're struggling to have a sense of identity, and this was probably the biggest red flag for me. I spent so much time basically becoming a chameleon to whoever I was hanging around, whether it was friends, boyfriends, family, whatever. I was never solidly aware of who I was. I never had like a sense of self at all. So in growing up, I was the smart one and that was just kind of about it. It completely threw me off guard when college didn't work out for me. I was scared shitless when I had to drop out after going back and going back and going back because I was the smart one. I had to finish my degree. I had to do something with my life. And I had zero idea what style of clothes I wanted to wear, let alone what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. So going to trade school was terrifying. And then there was body image issues. I mean, as a woman, we all struggle with body issues, but it was definitely brought to my attention as a kid more than I feel is normal. It it wasn't just media and things like that. So I was constantly like, I'm not skinny enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. And it really, it really fucked with me, honestly. And then there's self-destructive behavior. Uh, my friends don't know. My sister has no idea. I have no fucking clue how the hell I am still alive. I had a huge issue with alcohol as a coping mechanism. And I don't necessarily struggle so much with it now, but I can tell when I'm drinking a little bit more. And then I will... Um, do about 30 to 60 days of sobriety, go to therapy more often, get my head on straight and like slowly integrate it back in. But I was partying constantly and I was just a complete asshole and setting so many fires when alcohol was involved. I The things that I did make my skin crawl, that I was that careless, especially when alcohol was involved. But then it was just being super impulsive. I mean, I took off to Colorado for a month to with somebody that I knew for about five minutes. I took off to a lot of places randomly. My sister would call me and be like, hey, where are you? And I'd be like, oh, I'm in this town two hours over staying the night with a friend that I just met. And they had no idea. I mean, I'm honestly incredibly fortunate that things worked out the way that they did. But looking back, I 
it's really hard not to feel crippling guilt for the things that I did to hurt people that I genuinely care about. And there's never really a way to apologize for something like that. But I guess with my actions, I just try not to be impulsive. Like now, fast forward to now, my sister and my brother-in-law and several other friends have my location. I'm very open about where I'm going. It's it's I'm in a much better place now, but back then, I mean, I would text people and be like, I did a thing. And it was either I colored my hair or I booked a flight across the country to go meet some dude that I didn't even really know. It was it was a little bit of a crazy time for everybody. I'm sure I speak for everyone when I say we are really glad we are past that. I'm gonna kind of gloss over this next characteristic, which is suicide and self-harm. Um, it was definitely a past struggle. I don't I haven't struggled with that end of things in a very long time, but obviously suicide ideation and uh, self-harm behaviors are very, very apparent in borderline. I don't think it needs a ton of an explanation. Maybe eventually I'll get into my entire past with it, but for now, we'll just stick with that, that it was a thing. It is no longer a thing. And then there's mood instability. I'd like to take this time to formally apologize to some, some of my exes that got the brunt of how insanely unstable I was with my emotions and things like that. So if you're hearing this, I'm sorry. I'm sure you're absolutely cackling over there and it's kind of deserved. But I've always gone from zero to 60, especially in romantic relationships. I mean, they wouldn't have to do much of anything to make me blow up. And I would go from super mad to really sweet and then back. It it could be a matter of minutes. Um, My first long-term relationship really took the brunt of those swings and it didn't even itself out from there for the longest time. It's my current biggest struggle that I'm working on. Um, If you struggle with emotional regulation and stuff like that, you know it's so much harder than it sounds. But it's also the mood instability also ties into what they call splitting. And it's also in with the... um, kind of unstable relationships and the fear of abandonment. Splitting is, um, it's kind of complicated to explain, um, but it goes with the mood instability. I mean, again, you can be the best thing on planet Earth and then all of a sudden I can't stand you and I don't know why. I couldn't tell you why all of a sudden I hate you, but it just happened and it's exhausting to deal with. And obviously, with the instability and things like that, there's the insane anger that you can get. These just absolute fits of rage where a normal person would just be, you know, angry or upset over something. A person with borderline goes into these rages where it is just so uncontrollable and you cannot talk them down. It's insanely tough to deal with, I'm sure, as somebody dealing with somebody with borderline, but as a borderline, 
these just rage episodes happen and there's no controlling it. There's no, I mean, there's coping mechanisms and things like that. But for me, I would just fly into these rages and I, I still do sometimes, but I would fly into these rages that were just so unbelievably over the top. You almost looking back, you're kind of looking, looking at all of it and you're just like, really? Like you got that mad over something like small and inconsequential, but it is so out of our control and so justified in our mind in the moment that there's no talking us down. And lastly, there is the dissociative episodes. I would I would remember all of a sudden my best friend would check up on me because I hadn't responded to text. I hadn't responded to Snapchat, absolutely anything. And I thought it had only been a couple of days and it would be literal weeks. I would be in a fog. I would feel super out of body. That still happens to me a little bit now, but back then I would just dissociate so insanely that I, it was terrifying. I would almost snap back into it and I wouldn't know what had happened the last like few hours, sometimes even the last couple of days. It was, I don't even know how to describe it now. And a lot of these, when I'm describing it, it was a little difficult because of the fact that I've come so far in my journey now that looking back on these behaviors and how I used to feel was almost, it doesn't feel like the same person. But obviously, it's important for other people to realize that you're not alone in this, that somebody like me who seems, seems well-adjusted, has gone through a whole bunch of shit myself. And I get it a lot that when I say that I've had borderline, um, I get a lot of people that will be like, you're so well-adjusted. Like, you don't seem like you have borderline. And this is why I'm doing this podcast, because I'm looking at what I have written down here of all of the person that I was before I got diagnosed at 25. And if you knew me then, you would know how borderline I really was. The second I came out and I said, I just got diagnosed with borderline, people that knew what borderline was would just look at me and go, oh my God, that makes so much sense. And it was it was terrifying because I know how difficult it is to treat. Trust me, I've been in therapy for the last six years on and off at some point, And I'm still struggling with some of the characteristics and habits that I just listed. But it's also incredibly liberating to finally know what's going on. And while treatment is insanely difficult, you have a starting point. You feel like the suffering and how you feel might actually end. And that is the one thing that I want for anybody that has been diagnosed with borderline or thinks that they may be borderline is that you finally end the long-standing suffering with help, with medication, with therapy, and that you just start to feel better. That's what I want for, for everyone more than anything. I know how much better I feel. And granted, I still struggle 
a ton. I still struggle with certain things, but it's so much easier and I'm in so much better of a place. And if anything, you're not alone in this and you can get help. And this does get better over time. And that's it. Thank you guys for listening to the very first episode of Hot Mess Espresso. I honestly can't wait to see where all of this goes. And I will hear from you guys next week. 